Welcome to Mom Guild is BS with Jess. That's me, Jess Capacia, your host. This podcast is for my fierce mamas to come escape from the kids while indulging in some real talk about what it means to be a woman and mom. Ever find yourself overwhelmed, worn out, anxious, uncertain, or even depressed? Do you give 110% to your family and find it difficult to carve out time for yourself? Queen, me too. I see you and feel you. Don't worry though, you've come to the right place. Through my own crazy ass journey, I hope to provide insight, inspiration, and education so you can start living a life fueled by what sets your soul on fire. So if you are ready, Let's start straightening that crown one episode at a time to become that queen that lives a life for you to be the best for your family. Can't wait for you to join me on this journey. Let's go. Welcome back, Fierce Mamas. And to those who are joining for the first time, like I always say, I am so excited you are here. So today's topic is going to be a continuation of my last episode, which which was Have You Been Affected by Toxic Parenting, where we went really into depth about the signs of whether you grew up with toxic parents and how that affects you as an adult. So this episode, because I had some listeners reach out and say they loved that episode, but they wanted to know if I would go a little bit further And if you feel like you've grown up with toxic parenting and that's kind of seeped into your world and now you're exhibiting some of those habits in your own life, in your own parenting, what are some steps you can take? And of course, I was like, uh, hell yeah, I can do that. Would love to. So that is what this episode is going to discuss. How to stop being a toxic parent or the first steps you can take into making a change. I want to first kind of go back and say this before we dive in is, you know, in the last episode, I really made it very apparent that this is something that is a vicious cycle. There are some people out there who've had very toxic parents. And so I'm sorry for that. And I know that that's affected you now as an adult. But I'm also here to say, and what we'll get into, is you're a badass for showing up. And you're already way ahead of your parents because you're listening to this and you're wanting to make a change. And so that's something that you already have given to your children is the the willingness to see this is not something I want to continue on. So let's just start there. I just want to bring awareness that this is not in any way your fault. This was something that happened to you, but now you have the choice to make a change. And my first step is you need to know and recognize and admit to yourself that you do some toxic shit, right? If you can't admit it, then you can't change it. In my last episode, I said you need to admit to yourself you had toxic parents, that they were the problem. This is true. You do have to do that to start the healing process of, okay, this was my situation. My parents were shitty. Now I can do something about it. But now you guys, once you go through that process, Now you have to admit and be honest with yourself that you are the problem. Yes, are you the problem because your parents were the problem? Sure, but we got to stop blaming them at some point. We got to stop using that as a crutch and own our shit. 
and say, okay, this was my journey. I'm here. But now you have to do the first step and own that you do some toxic shit. That's step number one. It seems easy. It's not. Because a lot of times, again, if you're in the situation to begin with, you're a person who didn't grow up with some coping mechanisms that you should have been instilled with as a child. So you learned your own behaviors, which are now your habits, which are hard to break. And so it's easy to stay where you are and blame the toxic parent. But you're never going to change if you blame the toxic parent that did this to you. You have to admit that you do some toxic shit and stop it. So that's step number one. Step number two, stop the messaging you tell yourself because you had toxic parents. So how we speak to ourselves makes or breaks every moment of our day and lives. And if you grew up in a toxic environment, you probably heard some messages that weren't so great. And now you believe those and you tell yourself those and you then portray them and project them to your children. I'm going to give you two examples. The first one, this is a common message that adults who grew up with not so great parents would hear and now believe is what I want doesn't matter. Stop right there, queen. First of all, you matter and your needs matter. It is an unhealthy message. But if you're brought up by a parent who criticizes, judges you, puts you down, neglects you, abuses you, you're going to believe that why should I ever express my needs? They're never going to be met, so my needs don't matter. But then you become an adult who also believes this. But here's the worst part. That message you then portray onto your children when you don't serve your own needs and understand that everybody deserves to have their needs met first to be the best they can be, your children don't see it. The number one thing about being a half-ass decent parent is modeling, modeling behavior. And that's what you missed out on. And that's what we're going to work on is through these messages, you're modeling a certain behavior that your children are now witnessing. The second one that's really big uh, that I hear a lot is, well, I don't even know what a good parent is because I didn't have a good parent. Okay. First of all, nobody has perfect parents. And second of all, who does know how to parent, right? I sure as hell don't. So if you do know, can you please tell me? Because there's no rule book, you guys. There's no uh, this step, then the next. And I want you to know that parenting takes shape as we grow as humans. It's a process. Whether you had the most shitty ass, crazy parents or the perfect parents, that's okay. We all have the choice to then make a change. I even may have to argue that these so-called perfect parents you grew up with may have caused way more harm to you than your crazy ass parents who raised you. Because if you claim that your parents are perfect, there is something wrong with you because nobody's perfect, <laughs> right? All right, so you may be saying, okay, well, how do I stop the messaging? Well, I coach my clients that when you wake up in the morning, I want you to think about what is the first thing you say to yourself, write it down. And then throughout the day, when you start paying attention to the messages you're telling yourself, are they negative? One, two, where are they coming from? 
A lot of people are surprised that what they're telling themselves over and over and over, one, they didn't even know they were saying that half the time because it's so habitual, but two, it's not even from them. It is something that they have, again, developed when they were a child to cope with their situation. This is powerful because if you're constantly telling yourself something that isn't even true or that you don't even maybe even believe, but it's just this constant narrative in your head, that's impactful. So we start with that, writing down these messages and then dissecting them and asking ourselves, why does it exist? And change them. All right, so stop these messages. Step number three. This is where it gets a little bit more tough. So brace yourself, y'all, because this is where we got to get real. This is where I feel most of my clients start to really break down into the, you know, understanding of the emotions behind the impact that they had as toxic parents. And I use this tool to reconnect an emotion with a habit that you developed again when you were young to break it. I know that sounds confusing, but let me explain. So I want you to sit down and I want you to write out all the ways you felt your parents were toxic in your life. Did they criticize you? Did they yell at you for everything? Did they just outright ignore you? Were they abusive emotionally, physically? And then next to that list, I want you to write out specific emotions for each one that you felt as a child or still feel. And if you're still feeling them, you need to go back and listen to my last episode because your parents should not still be doing these things to you because if they are, you need to separate yourself from that toxicity. That's a whole nother thing. If you're still feeling them when you reflect back, that's different. That's okay. So I want you to be very specific and I want you to sit with them and feel them and kind of sit with that little child and think back to memories of how this made you feel. And then next to that column, this is where it gets real hard, is I want you to be honest with yourself and ask yourself, do I do any of these, maybe not at the same degree, but at a certain degree to my own children and highlight those ones. What this does, you guys, is the next time you start to do this thing, criticize, yell, scream, put down, whatever it may be, I want you to stop and think about the emotions you have now memorized on this list. And wow, it will make you stop in your tracks because it's pretty hard when you're doing that thing to think about these emotions and not feel like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Again, it takes time because it's a habit, but it does bring awareness to, okay, I just did this and now this is what they're gonna feel. You've connected the emotions. Because remember, when you are a child, You were in survival mode, like I've said. So you shut these feelings off or you took on other bad habits in order to fit in your parents' toxic ways. So by doing this exercise, you're bringing empathy and compassion to the forefront. Then the next time you go to do that action that's from your toxic parents, you start to replay these emotions that you actually are opening up and feeling and admitting to yourself. It starts to retrain your brain to think about this at a different angle. Because you grew up this way, you just respond. It's a trigger. You shut down or you react or you rage. But now we're going to open up what are the emotions connected to that? What's the real reason behind it? What did you feel? So when you go to do it, you're not just triggering. You're not just like subconsciously going through the motions. You're going to think about the impact of that. That will start the process of realizing, okay, I need to make a change. And that leads us into our next step. Number four, 
learn impulse control. Uh, this one is tough because, um, you know, if you grew up with non-existing coping skills in certain areas of your childhood, you may find yourself going from like zero to a thousand in a second and taking it to that next level. You know what I'm talking about. You're going next level on your kids. I mean, I've done that, get that, do it sometimes still. Every one of us knows exactly what it feels like when they have gone and pushed that very last freaking button. They gone pushed it and you're like, okay, next level, right? But if you find that you're someone that this is happening more than it's not, you need to step back and give yourself time to reflect and understand why this is happening. So the best thing to do to learn impulse control is separate yourself. So physically is the best. You know, I always say like find a bathroom, a closet. You know, I love my closet. I'm in there all the time. A room, whatever it takes. Take a moment to separate yourself when you start to feel yourself go from zero to a thousand. But if you physically can't, say you're in the car or something, you need to come up with a phrase. You guys, I actually have a phrase and I used to use it all the time. I don't have to use it as much. So maybe it's actually working and my kids are too nervous to get me to that level. I don't know. But if so, great. It worked then, right? My phrase though was, I am going to roar like a bear. (laughs) This came about when my oldest was probably six and my youngest was three and a half, four. And one day I was at that moment, you guys, you have gone and pushed that very last button. And I wanted to scream on the top of my lungs out of frustration. I was losing my mind. And my oldest says to me, are you going to roar like a bear? And I said, yes. And I just started yelling and we all started laughing. And it, it did break up that moment and it made it lighter, but It also made me realize it was a tool to let them know, I need you to stop right now. Like, give me that break to regroup and think about what I'm feeling and assess whether this is a habit or a learned behavior, or maybe this is necessary. You guys, sometimes kids deserve it, right? Um, But either way, you can use that to say, stop, like, and I mean it. It works very well. And whether you're separating yourself in this physical where you go to the closet or you use a phrase, this is also a time to use that list of those emotions to reflect on and think to yourself, remind yourself, all right, I have the power to stop this cycle. What is a better way to redirect or what is the best next step? Instead of just being so reactive and just it's so habitual, having the moment to think before you just trigger. It's amazing how well this really works. So learn impulse control. And you guys, this takes a lot of time. This isn't easy. All right. And the last step, number five, ask for help. It is one of the most important steps. It may sound so simple, but it's actually pretty hard. It's hard for people to admit they have a problem, like I said, for number one. And so in order to ask for help, you have to admit you have a problem. But this may mean, you guys, you need a coach, therapist, or a friend just to help you along the way. Because again, these old habits die hard. We all know that. This can also be for you to help you go through the trauma that you may have experienced and that you need to work through. And then how you can help your children, you might need a therapist. Or it may just be a friend who, when you do fall down and you're like, oh shit, I didn't say roar like a bear. And you do the thing, that's okay. You know, it may take one 
two, three, four, five times before you're able to separate and think clearly. You want to have that friend or that support person who's helping you along the way and who can say to you, you're a badass for wanting to change. And remember that this takes a lot of work and time. And if you did 10 things a day that you were like, oh shit, I should have done better. And you take just one of those things and attempt to change you guys, you are already better than your toxic ass parents. So I applaud you. (laughs) All right. Well, I hope out of all five of these steps, you guys can take something from it and stopping the vicious cycle of toxic parenting and not allowing it to infiltrate your kids and your family. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys loved it and I love your faces. Let me know what you liked, what you didn't like, or give me another topic for my next episode. All right, chat soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Mom Guilt is BS with Jess podcast. If you like what you heard today, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review. It only takes a few minutes and it helps other badass queens like yourself find the podcast. If you want to connect outside of the podcast, you can find me on Instagram at Jess Capacia. Or if you want to learn more about my coaching programs, head over to www.momguiltisbs.com. Thank you so much for joining me today and I hope this episode helped further straighten that crown, queen.